0: get it out of your head and on to
1: the page get it out of your head and on to the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me today as a guest is Jim Rash. Hello, Jim. Hello. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Absolutely. Of this course. This
1: is so This is so freaking cool. Oh. Wow. We can say freaking. We just can't say the other thing. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Not that grown-ups are supposed to say. I I
0: take huge offense at the word freaky, (laughs) but I I will try to listen to it. It's just it's
1: (laughs) it's cool as we say back in Boston, Mm. back in my home hometown. Wicked. (laughs) So Jim Rash is the Academy Award winning and writer's guild award winning co-writer of The Descendants, starring my boyfriend George Clooney Mm -hmm. and director Alexander Payne. Jim also They're both your boyfriend? Well, um the first one maybe. Okay. Yeah, definitely the first one. Okay. Uh, Jim also co-wrote and co-directed The Way Way Back, starring Steve Carell, Allison Janney and Sam Rockwell, which was one of the biggest feature sales in Sundance history and is a movie that I love, love, love. Jim starred as Dean Pelton, the well-intentioned but often floundering community college dean on NBC's hit series, Community. Yeah, he's that guy. Mm -hmm. And he's also been on fan favorites like Reno 911, That 70s Show, Will & Grace, and even the final episode of Friends. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, Also, recently on uh, the Netflix series, *Girl Boss*, created by Kay Cannon. Um, Also, Curb Your Enthusiasm, the reboot. And also, uh, just saw you on Nobody's as well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, starring Melissa McCarthy. Um, also, uh, Jim was the host of the critically acclaimed series The Writer's Room for the Sundance Channel, a roundtable format show exploring the writing and creating process. Yep. It's like this show, only good and well received and all cut and, you know, on, and on TV yep. and with production value. <laughs> yeah. What, what's your favorite question to ask on The Writer's Room?
0: Oh, I, well, you know, that was such a guilty pleasure for me because it really was about me finding out if everyone was the same and that we all panic huh. and we all have bad days with writing, you know, because yeah. I was speaking to people, you know, the staffs of Breaking Bad and the Game of Thrones guys and uh, uh, talked to Brian Murphy during the, you know, the early days of American Horror Story. So it was like it was a gift. And so I, I you know, I... I don't know if specifically, but we would talk about writer's block. We would talk about getting out of a corner with stuff. And a lot of them would talk about how the writing staff would just sit there and try to problem solve, especially on Breaking Bad. They talked about how to get them out of danger. Mm-hmm. So I found those were just guilty pleasures, uh, but also things I would just sort of put into my head as, oh, okay. So A, <laughs> I'm not alone, and, uh, and try to take anything that they had.
1: You to know steal from. you know you won an Oscar, right? But
0: For that does not mean writing. Yes, I know, but the, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> like, but it is but the process regardless, you know, it's a day-to-day thing. It's a love love-hate relationship you can have with writing. You know, you you love the end result. You love a a full first terrible draft is is gorgeous, you know, but I think um then you finish, and then you got to start all over again, and then you start going, at least for me, I'm like, why did I like writing again? And then you start liking it again. And, I, you know, I, I think that no matter, no matter an award or no matter um, a stack of successful scripts, I think I imagine everyone goes through those moments of panic and and being lost. And that, I think, helps
1: so if, knowing that. If, at what point do you always, at what point do you tend to find yourself stuck the most? Is it in the outlining process? Is it in a rewrite stage?
0: I would say, um, a, you know, I have done both in the sense that I have uh, spent time outlining, which is, was probably beneficial to that particular, um, script. I can say the way, way back, you know, my writing partner on that and, um, we just started, you know, and I think it's because we were sort of, um, we did a little learn by doing in the beginning. Um, that didn't mean that we didn't go back and maybe re-break and figure some stuff out. So I've done both and they both had their own little traps. I would say I've gotten to the most trouble not having, um, a, a a decent map.
1: So, oh, so let's talk about the way, way back Mm -hmm. first. Um, which, feels autobiographical yes um who's who's it, autobiography it's what it's more, more like
0: it's it's uh autobiographical <clears throat> mainly in the sense of the first scene which is based on something that happened to me um and the first scene of the way way back is in uh, in the station wagon and oh, Steve Carell basically has a conversation so yes with Duncan which pretty much sets sets the that's a weird uh, a wonderful weird tone for some people you know Steve Carell was so wonderful in it but it's like he's asked basically what uh, our our protagonist Duncan thinks he is on a scale from 1 to 10 and Duncan goes with 6 and he says i think you're a 3 and he explains why and that that those pages that whole scene is is as verbatim as you can get to a conversation I had uh, to the best of my recollection with my stepfather at the time, way back when, you know, I was around the same age as Duncan is in the movie, um, with the intention to, to say his message of, you know, we go away for the summer and you have all these opportunities and you never take advantage of them, you know. Now, I had step-siblings, so it's not like he wasn't a dad, you know, this was his Parenting, you know, and regardless of how tactless maybe comes out for the ears of a you know a thirteen year old I would argue, which is what the movie sort of has happened is that made him get out, and that made me Probably have a different type of summer because i didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to be around you know him or the house, so in a weird way, it was the message I needed to hear, maybe just not in that package but.
1: yeah there's a, a weird a redemptive arc for him within, yes. within the movie, which uh, you know is part of what makes it special because it doesn't go where you think it's going to go
0: yes, hopefully it's you know I think that Nat and I react to complicated humans as best as we can um. Uh, tackle them.
1: Did Nat? Uh, so, so I should make it clear that Nat Faxon is your yeah, is Nat your writing Faxon partner is, in all things, right?
0: Uh, yeah, all things. I mean, I, I write on my own as well. Um, we both obviously have our you know acting careers that are separate. Um, we met at the Groundlings. So, when I say writing partner, we you know everything we, we did uh, obviously the descend the Descendants and way way back together, and we did some early day um, TV pilot stuff, um, and we still write together. Uh, but you know, we have a subsequent like careers that we have for ourselves but uh yes so nat and i tackled the way back together
1: so did he add his own experiences
0: well we both we both are you know east coast kids i was uh grew up in north carolina he grew up in um in massachusetts which mm-hmm. is where the the movie takes place um Uh, it it started as it took place in North Carolina, but then when the tax credit takes you to Massachusetts, you go to Massachusetts (laughs) um, and that's easy, but it was destination vacations. I think that we had in common, we both, you know, his would be Nantucket and mine. We drove to Michigan, which is a longer story that needs to be told, but, uh, but that's where, you know, we would go um, on our summers. And, um, and so I think, you know, we try to put a little bit of ourselves into that experience of, of you know, destination vacations are so interesting in the sense that everyone goes there every year. And so, you know, these people within one year increments, which is such an interesting sort of, you know, it's like Alison Janney's character gives the lay of the land of what's happened over the year. But that's very common if you happen to go to the same place every summer. So I think that's something we shared in common and sort of. Used
1: so so you said in in that one not a lot of outlining you kind of jumped into that that one we
0: jumped in because th- honestly I, I, I no one would take would ever want to take a class based on our process right, <laughs> way back that we go I don't know what's happening
1: did it become like hey remember this oh did this ever happen to you let's write it down
0: it's it, it's so close we we you know we came through the groundlings we were doing you know we'd done some TV pilot stuff and we thought let's let's tackle you know a, a screenplay together. And we started with this sort of just the water park. Like we were going to like sort of tap into our groundlings roots and do more of a little broader um, comedy in a water park. And I I think at some point uh, I told that story to him and then we all we just realized it was um, an interesting way to lead into. And then we shifted and we just sort of made this family sort of Dramedy, and then the Oz, so to speak, that Duncan travels to this water part became almost our our little Oz world. So we sort of switched gears, and when we did that, we probably started like um, outlining better. Um,
1: because suddenly, by saying it's an Oz, it gives you a structural framework, even if you just, think you don't have one. It's exactly. like yeah, but so. The Oz is this and the travel, travel the yellow brick road is that and the exactly. wicked witch is that. And exactly, he's yeah. on his
0: bike, he literally is finding this thing, and then he runs into you know, it's like he meets Sam Rockwell and you know, in the early stages doesn't meet him, he comes back, you know, it's it's it, it, yes. And so, I would say we probably stumbled into a structure that I couldn't tell you that was right in front of us at the time. So, I, we learned a lot, you know, after having done pilots and, and other things. You
1: know. <laughs> no, okay, but in that movie, then you're not only in it, both of you, yeah. but you're also co-directing it. Yes. So you co-wrote it, you co-directed it, yeah. you, you're both in it. Were you still talking by the end of the almost movie? Almost not,
0: almost not. It was like a perfect storm of, of, of um, in, in my head, the conversation I was having is this is a bad decision. <laughs> I, fought to, I fought hard not to be in the movie in the sense that I was like, this, that's crazy, let's just... Focus on directing. You know, uh, the writing part at least was done. You know, for the most part, and and Nat was, you know, just really was like, but we should be in it. You know, because obviously we're actors, and and maybe uh, but so there were these obviously smaller parts in there, and I ended up doing it. And uh, they are our very first, yeah, our, literally our first day of shooting. We'd shot that in, in, at a water park that was open. We, can't, we couldn't afford to close it down. So we would just have sections that were for us. So we, you know, the noise was incredible and the heat was incredible. And there's no, in our script, we managed to write a, a script that had very little interiors for the water park. So, of course, it rains um, quite a bit
1: oh. uh,
0: in that part of the world <laughs> in the summer.
1: Oh, no. And
0: it poured and so uh, we had scheduled our first acting quote unquote scene um later and we had to do it that day. So our first day became us acting <laughs> and directing. And it was it was uh it was um a bit of a disaster because we were both on screen and uh at one point we were rolling and we finished the scene and it just keeps going
1: cuz it was and gonna then say cut. no
0: one said cut and then finally the <laughs> producer goes Okay. <laughs> uh, it was and then uh, that scene sort of in the movie. It was just like shaky legs. Uh it was little sea legs, you know, in the beginning, but you know, ultimately you find a rhythm and you start it starts to work.
1: But and you know how you leave a movie and you're like you know, I think the influences were. Right. And yeah. so as as we left, everybody's like, "Yeah, there's like this old there's like a 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. Bill Murray, meatballs, right? Yes, that, that kind of yes. thing. And so, was that intentional? Were you just happen to be it, influenced by those movies?
0: Well, I mean, you, we can't not, in the sense that we grew up on John Hughes, and we grew up on all the all, all what you're saying in those decades, as far as like 80s films in particular. So I think that yes, it had a throwback style to it, and I think that's you know something we definitely wanted to go for. It was period piece in the beginning, but budget wise, there was no way to do it in the eighties. Um, people were like, "You you can't afford it." Right. So we updated it, and then what we tried to do was we only have one cell phone in the co- in the in the movie, um, and then Anna Sophia Rob uh, character has it at one point, uh, but everything else is you don't see. Phones, except for, you know, and her friends texting. So a few phones, I lied. But whatever, there's not many phones.
1: Well, if you didn't and have no any, and it's about teenagers, it would have felt...
0: Yes, you, we needed yeah. something, but what we wanted to do is create a timeless feel as best we could, because the, the first thing we see is a, a station wagon that is very much, you know, uh, a classic, probably, you know, late 70s, you know, um, station wagon. And we just like that because, you know, the Trent character played by... Um, by Steve Carell, is basically stuck in what he loves the most, which is his past. So he's got, you know, old music in his place. You know, it's like those lake houses or beach houses. They usually have everything from their past there. Old puzzles, right, old right, games, right. old That's everything. True. So it's sort of like a little... So the, our, our, our goal was, and even, you know, with wardrobe and everything, was to... to it is modern day, but to make it as, as timeless as, as we could. Because coming of age happens throughout... Mm-hmm. everything. Right. Mean, everyone comes of age. It's the one thing we all get to do. <laughs> some have easier ones and some have harder ones, and, but they're all specific and different.
1: And, and you know, you grow up and you have kids, you yep. know, like me. And then, then suddenly you get this idea, you know what, let's go on a family vacation. Let's rent a beach house and go. And it just seems like the best thing. Yeah. And you don't even realize that you're dragging your kids along on the very thing that you and your friends yes. complained about, that's or you t- even watched movies about, you know, and you, you do it. I don't yeah. know why. Well, that's
0: what I was just saying. I said, you write something, you experience something, <laughs> you enjoy, then, and you look back and you go, oh my God, that was so nostalgic and wonderful. And that was a great process. And then you start it again. You go, why did I do this? <laughs> this is exactly what I did not want to happen. But uh, yes, so.
1: Now, now the descendants came. Did it come? It came before. Well, well as far it did, as release goes, it,
0: it did. In release, <clears throat> we wrote uh, the way way back first, <clears throat> and then that got around town. Um, there was a the way way back, in, in, in just in the context of its life, it was. It took eight years to to make it to uh, the end. Um, there were a number of different directors along the way. There were studios. Different studios had it. You know, and. Um, It got to a point where, well, then let me just jump into the fact that the script got around town, which got us a meeting with Alexander Payne and his uh, production company at the time and and Jim Burke and Jim Taylor, um, Alexander's writing partner on his own. Uh, And they had optioned the book, The Descendants, and they were looking for writers. And because The Descendants, while uh, obviously dealing with a, a more dramatic thing than The Way Way Back was, it was a balance of comedy and drama, and they sort of saw something in common. So they invited us, you know, we read it, we loved it, of course, and um, luckily he got the job. <clears throat> so really the Descendants coming out, um, the Academy Award, that allowed us to go back and, and open the vault with the Way Way Back again, which was stuck in turnaround. And in order to do the Way Way Back on our own, we had to wait another year and a half until it was completely out, with no one's hands on it. So we opted to wait even longer Hmm. so that we could do it ourselves because we had watched a number of great directors and different people have different thoughts about how and who should be in it. And after a while, you just go like, well, I'd rather take the long journey and do it correctly even though we're chancing failure and fall on our face than I would make it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, on purpose in my mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so that's that was, chronologically, what happened.
1: So you said, okay. How about we do this? Let's wait till we win an Academy Award for this, yeah. and then everybody yeah. will let us do our movie the way we want. It's
0: so smart. If you mm-hmm. close your eyes and tell the universe you want to win that award, <laughs> and then uh, it will happen, there and you then go. your plan is seamless. There
1: you go. This is excellent advice for our listeners. You're out welcome. There. You're um, welcome. Yeah, yeah.
0: Get a vision board. Get get your screenplay up on the vision board, and, and, and in no time,
1: it will be made. <laughs> okay, so so they give you this book the – For The Descendants. Yes. um, And say, here, adapt it. Not necessarily the easiest book to adapt. There's a lot of layers in that book. So how did you go about deciding what the movie was that you were going to to tell? Uh,
0: Okay, well, that also was a learning curve because we hadn't done an an adaptation. So, uh, yes. I mean, the good thing about The Descendants, the book is... um, you know, we uh, what what you see became is very faithful to the book. Obviously, the book also goes into a lot of history about the land and Hawaii. You know, which is touched upon obviously in the in sort of the story of the the cousins signing and everything. However, you know, as a, as a novel has um, a liberty to do, it can spin a chapter just sort of spinning off about something. So you have um, uh, to excavate. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, find this story in here. But I will say that Nat and I started, um, and I don't know I can't say this is a common problem, but I don't know. There might be people the first draft was very long. Like it was the book.
1: It's it's a common problem. Yeah, I read a lot common, of scripts. Right? yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So so what we did was so we basically put the book into script form, but the whole book. So it felt <laughs> no. like Yeah, it felt like you know, what happened was and it was right before the writer's strike, the 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 a hundred day one, mm-hmm. I think it was hundred days, right? Whatever year that was. Now, but uh, two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Oh, uh, you're so quick with that. Oh, well, you mm. remember it?
1: <laughs> yes, I do, because yeah. we just started this podcast. Oh, that oh was you like, did? That's a writer's podcast. Okay. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, see you in a hundred days. <laughs> uh, no, we had uh, yes, yeah, so it was right there. So we finished the first draft uh, a little before the strike uh, commenced, and so we had to sort of sit and wait for notes for the duration of that time. Um, once we got back into the room with them, you know, we had sort of, uh, for those who have read the book, uh, you know, uh, Scotty, the younger daughter, is is um, quite um, present in, in the book. And she is in the movie, but you could almost say that there's a sense of it coming a little bit from her point of view in certain ways because she's making this book about her mom, you know, the pictures she's taken and that kind of stuff, and it sort of ties in. Uh, we sort of followed with Scotty, with obviously Matt, which is played by George Clooney and all that stuff. But, uh, the big note was, um, one, uh, we need to put more of me, m- myself and Nat into it, which is what the note we got. Oh, in other more words, more of your voice. Yeah. Like we, you're there for a reason. It's not to like take us in, uh, completely off the story, but to inject it with a little bit of what. Um, humor, where mm-hmm. it needs to be. Sure. Uh, and so that was a little bit more liberating, but also we sort of shifted towards what would be Clooney's character, you know, and focusing uh, there. We did tons of things, you know, because we uh, we did a second pass, which was markedly better. Um, and then we did a, a polish where we added a, a voiceover and then removed the voiceover and the voiceover is back, obviously in the movie. Um, and for a while we worked with Stephen Frears, who was going to direct it for a beat. Um, so there was lots of little learning stuff along the way where you, with a book, you take that scene out and you move that scene back in, you know, and, uh, don't need that. So it was like, um, an interesting process. Then obviously Alexander came into play when he decided to direct it. Um, he at the time was writing what is, uh, was, uh, downloaded, uh, right. Uh, that just came out. The okay. uh, the one with um, um oh my god, oh, Matt Damon. Okay. Matt Damon. You know that movie. They
1: uh, oh yeah. oh, you're downsized. Downsized. Ah. Not,
0: downloaded. Oops, sorry. Downsized. Uh, they were written that, mm-hmm. and it was uh, a very large first draft and 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 um, epic in its sense of. So they put it to the side, I think, for a little bit. And Alexander really wanted to um, direct because he hadn't directed since sideways at that point. And so then he came aboard, and then we just sort of sat with him and went over all the drafts in the book and uh, talked about why we left things, put those things in, that kind of stuff. And then uh, he took a pass, and that's the one that's up there.
1: It seems, it, 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 if I remember right, you know, what the way it was marketed was a man finds out uh, after his wife goes into a coma that she's had an affair. Yes. As opposed to sort of, I think, the the focus of the book is this you know in the descendants inheriting this land what to do with it and meanwhile he finds out this thing yeah the, it's, you know wife. it's been
0: so long since yeah uh, yes there. obviously the the land deal is a big part of of the book and and obviously is what matt is dealing with on the side but yes the emotional story is probably in the movie is at the forefront as far as this man and his daughter's and and this uh, affair
1: because I, I I guess I just say that because it's interesting because I mean I love the movie um, it but you have to choose your hook yes. in a way right and you have to choose like what is your focus going to be mm-hmm. yes you're telling two stories at one time but one has to come into into the foreground right yes you know and uh, and I think that i think it was a good choice because it makes everybody go oh my gosh what would i do yes and the fact that this road trip takes place to to find the 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 lover right so he can say goodbye is it becomes that's unique
0: those play on themes whether it's specific or not to to us as probably on, on a larger scale the land deal in particular in the book is is very specific you know, as far as the history of Hawaii and, and their knowledge of that, because, you know, one of the things Alexander did also was to spend so much time with Cowie Hart Hemings, who, who wrote the book, uh, but also in, in Hawaii, injecting as much as he could to really understand Hawaii uh, as, as a character, you know, um, which the book obviously gives you, but you get even more. You know, not from the movie, but I just from the experience of being there,
1: so the voiceover comes back in, and the voiceover kind of covers that ground. Yes, it says here this is what's the, yes. the history of Hawaii, but it's it what I liked about it was it's in George Clooney's voice, yes, so it's also. Backing Your boyfriend. up, my because well, he's my boyfriend, right? right? So you're, and you I like instantly to hear his are voice. in the movie, right? You,
0: you're like, oh, my boyfriend has oh, sweet is sweet voice. there he It's
1: just like when he leaves voicemails for yeah. me. Yeah. Oh so, God. Um, so, but also that that by him actually narrating the history, it seems to infuse his story. Like it seems to be subtext for what he's feeling. So it yes. seems to kind of go together. Yes. That way.
0: Yes, because I think you know he has an odd relationship with both what he's talking about you know, history, Hawaii, his cousins, you know, there's, right. there's so much going on in what his point of view or feelings that come through in the tone by which he speaks to some of these things, you know? Um, so I, I, yes. And that was, um, you know, and Alexander is like, uh you no know, probably one of the, you know, one of the greats when it comes to like, a lot of his films do have voiceover and they use it uh, very well depth at it you know because it does disappear <clears throat> it's only in the beginning and then there's no voiceover after a certain point
1: so i want to talk about characters uh-huh. because i know a lot of people are going community come on yeah. ask them right so um i'm not going to ask you about community i'm going to ask you about oh, being good. an actor good. Good. I have no way. <laughs> <laughs> and and the fact that that you and nat are both actors yeah how does that help uh when you're writing characters Mm -hmm. or does it ever get in the way where you think oh gosh we have to service all the characters because if i was playing this i'd want it to be Mm. this way Mm -hmm. you know has it has it helped or hindered
0: uh helped i think in uh in the sense that both nat and i uh came through the groundlings together uh here in los angeles and and I think that is comedy. The comedy, the the instruction is character based comedy. So a lot of on the third level of the Groundling School, you sort of focus on actually writing monologues, which is sort of archaic when you know it's like performing monologues like old school. But it's a great way to sort of start to hone POV of specific characters to understand you know to uh, their voice you know um, to to develop them as characters, make them specific you know. And then I think, you know, part of the schooling is to remind ourselves to pull from even more from what we know. So diving into family and friends and and digging those things that become more truthful and more unique than anything that feels stereotypical or done. So I think it does help. I think having been actors, uh, I think really did help us with our first time directing and, and because... What we may have lacked in some, you know, um, on the technical side, you know, as we were learning from our DP and, and just our great department heads uh, more, as like almost a little schooling. I think with our actors, we we knew it was on the page. We knew the intentions. We knew to give an actor the space they need to play. We knew to not inundate. Uh, we knew to allow them to make it special. Because as a writer, you hear it in your head you know one way but you never know if someone's going to see it that way and they might either they could easily enhance it and find new meaning or help you cut words mm-hmm. that you thought were so important and precious and then you realize when you see them do it oh they're doing she did all like Tony Collette there was a long speech in in the way way back um that took place up in the room and it's basically when the character of Duncan is um challenging her on looking the other way that steve is clearly sleeping around on her and she had this long speech about looking the other way and sometimes we do things you know that kind of speech and and some of those lines as i'm uh, throwing in there are in there but it was longer and you could sort of feel like you didn't need it because tony was doing all this work just inside Mm -hmm. that was beautiful and so as writers you know it's like we we yearn for those things of being able to pull stuff out of that scene and do it simpler, you know, and and getting to the point and and so I think I think as actors it was uh, uh, beneficial to to as a, as um, knowing what we feel like on set sometimes.
1: So I'm, I bet you you know the next time that you wrote a script and you were doing a monologue you instinctively trusted your actor more and pulled back yes. on it right you
0: said how can i yes i uh, yes how can i say this with less mm-hmm. you know um and then and you can feel it i mean we all know we we write something and then we take a break from it and we come back to it and go oh this is this is all works this is feels overwritten mm-hmm. like I, i've i've either it could be a variety of things we've dumbed it down so we've you know explained to the audience something that inherently they probably will get or have already gotten. Um, you know, it's those things that, you know, when we, our trustful friends read stuff, it's, the, it's those moments when, you know, someone just has fresh eyes on it and we're able to go, you're right. Like I can hear myself as a writer in that, that scene.
1: Right, and it, because it's not only trusting your actors, trusting your, your readers, trusting your audience. Yes. Everybody's smart. Yeah. They, they watch movies and they're like, I get it. And they get, I get all the subtext. Yes. Underneath it all, without mm-hmm. you feeding it, to me. Without feeding it to me, it's actually something I make my writers do in class. Is what? Well, I make them write full monologues, mm-hmm. and then I and then I tell them they can only keep one line. Oh, that's great! What they find is they've written the perfect line. It's mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. by allowing them to spew for a while. Yes, and and also it's just a good rewrite pass in general. Like, yes. great, you got it all out there. Now go in and pick one.
0: <laughs> yes, it's the same thing. Oh, it's it's great. It's a great uh, technique. We used to do it when you know these these are some people in the groundlings. You know, they haven't ever picked up. A pen to write you know so they're writing this monologue for the first time they're actors obviously and and looking to to learn but that's the same sort of thing is like they'll write something you know and we do it like in a uh probably what you're doing is like you got 10 minutes just start writing Mm -hmm. and then they perform it like a a stand-up and then uh like on their feet and you're right. It's like you find the line that like, that's the first line your monologue is down here at the bottom.
1: Mm-hmm. That's Isn't that so start. funny? Because yeah, sometimes people build all the way down to, this is what I mean. No, this, this is, is the where button. You are. This right. is the middle. Right. This,
0: is, this tells me everything I need to know is going to follow yep. You know, in mm-hmm. a good way. Yep. You know? So it's fun. It's a good exercise.
1: So um, when it comes to acting, let's mm-hmm. say that, that um, you actually haven't written the script uh, and you get a script and you're, you're trying to find the character. What do you look for? What cues do you look for in a script Hmm. to help you, you know, find the great characters that you found? Because you are really funny. You probably know that, but I was watching a few things in preparation. I was like, oh, my God, he's
0: so good. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Good. Um, (laughs) um, And what if I just said, I don't agree? (laughs) I think that I am
1: terrible. No, you're supposed to say yes. And, yes, I, and I know but that uh,
0: now a good skilled improviser can say, no, they figured it out. No, that, uh, no, I, uh, well, I guess I should answer it in, 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 in a little bit of, of my first day working at community only cause I, you know, I made choices in the room. Uh, uh, the pilot was already shooting. Dan Harmon, um, was shooting the pilot, and I came in to uh, audition while they were shooting for the Dean, um, uh, which was, you know, a possibly recurring character. In it. And, and in the room, I, I did my thing. And then we were on set, and um, there was a little improvised moment. You know, I'm up on this stage, and I'm welcoming all the students pretty much in the cold opening of, this, of, the, of the pilot. And I'm listing basically all the types of people, and we're cutting and seeing Chevy Chase and Joel McHale and Gillian Jacobs and all them actors, uh, listening to the speech. So we'll know all the main characters and stuff. Anyway, I had a, like an assistant up on stage and I started berating her because of this jam box. I said jam box. Yes. Like (laughs) '80s. anyone in the 80s go, Oh yeah, jam box, Uh, whatever, stereo. Uh, and, uh, and then after that take, Dan says, I, I, I want this to, I want the Dean to love this job so much and so it's hard for him to snap at somebody like you know uh, and he, he's a person who does his best you know and loves this school mm-hmm. and it was just a different it was wonderful note because then it became what the Dean would sort of evolve as you know any character you know you watch Cheers in the beginning and you watch Cheers at the end and you're like the character's there but oh my god it's so much richer you know with this actor has just found it and the writers have jumped on board more and and so it was a nice thing to have this guy who was trying to stay so positive about this school and, you know, and, uh, and, and drove him that way, you know? So, uh, you know, anyway, that's it's, it. That's correct. So I feel like sometimes, you know, you, it's, sometimes it's great, you know, a really great piece of work. It leaps off the page. You get what they're going for and you give your take on it, which mm-hmm. might be in the neighborhood of it at the very least. Um, so I, I, I think I try to respect what's on the page mm-hmm. to the best of my ability, certainly, you know, um, uh, comedically, but, you know, and then, you know, go from there.
1: Do you, uh, as far as your writing of dialogue, now, does being an actor affect that as well? Do you let your characters kind of go on for a while, or do you try and find that perfect line again?
0: Oh, you mean when I'm writing characters? When you're writing
1: the writing dialogue it's
0: hard because you know i think it 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 all depends i mean i i definitely i definitely can hear me in our you know in that in the protagonist in some capacity Mm -hmm. in certain or there's somebody like me you know who might be uh i don't know what you're gonna say but uh that has a rhythm to what i i i do Um, Like, I'll give you an example. It's like, and this is not me, but I'm just saying, like, writing Alice and Janney's speech in The Way Way Back was so much fun because it's just this, It's probably covers two and a half pages. I mean, it was a five-page scene when they arrived, and it's all Alice and Janney. No one really speaks except for her. And so it's just this monologue, 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 just setting the stage. Here's who's back this summer, blah, 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 you know, gossip and, and those kind of things. And I think those are the things I like writing because there's a rhythm to it. At least I hear it. And then Allison makes it 10 times better, of course. But then you realize, oh my God, I balanced with that. And I remember this, um, And this is sort of a side thought, you know, in the sense that when I was improvising at Groundlings, there are improvisers who hit the ground running and just talk, 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 for better or worse. It could be all hilarious. And then there's these improvisers who are so skilled that they allow someone to drive the ship and they just sort of take it all in. And then they literally say one thing after that and that just destroys the audience, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. they took in everything and they listened and then you realize there's this power in these characters who are so simple in their, ex, you know. So then you realize, oh, I love this, this, you know, balancing different types of... People and characters, and and
1: so if you get those two rhythms going at one time, yeah. Somebody who's talk 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 talk, and then the other person who's just like bam bam, right? Right. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's,
0: you know, I don't that that's not like a science to it. I just say like those kind of things.
1: It's the talk talk bam. Yeah,
0: you're rule welcome.
1: of yes dialogue.
0: I, if I was an executive, I would I would uh, that would be the only note I ever give, <laughs> whether it was good or not. I said, ah, I just want I want a little bit more of that talk talk bam. <laughs> And they go, what does that mean? Just, you know, talk, talk, bam.
1: We could start that right here. We could start it. on the page. Yeah. There a- you go. Any
0: network executives out there or writers, please ask people to give you more talk, talk, bam. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than some of the notes we always hear, which are the same.
1: Well, okay. We won't go into that because I'm sure that you've gotten a, a lot of notes. We all have. I think people. they're all the same, yeah. you know, or
0: the ones we don't get. Yeah. Oh,
1: I saw um, on, on Nobodies, I loved that you were giving notes. Yes. That, so you had a, a scene where you come in with, with Nat and you're both giving notes on the script. And I love how you're like, we need more set pieces in, in Act 2. And it's so funny because that's like a standard note of mine. Yes. Because most people do need more set pieces in yes. Act no, 2. No, it's fair. It is fair. <laughs> but it was really funny. It was just so, so specific to somebody who really oh, has heard yeah. well, a million notes.
0: Yeah, that's a gift to them. The, the three writers we know really well of the series who are also the three actors in it, um, uh, Rachel Ramras and Hugh Davidson and Larry Dorothy they were all growlings with us. So that's, it's a treasure to be on that show just because you're working with your friends.
1: I love how in the end of that scene too, you, you throw Nats, Nats Oscar, Oscar out the window, out the window but it, by accident it's yours. Yeah.
0: yeah. But <laughs> us arguing is very real in that scene. <laughs> well, that's I what love, partners do. I
1: love that he just turns around and punches you at one point.
0: He's I think just... he, oh yeah, he attacks me for sure. Yes. We wrestle, <laughs> rass, rass, wrestle, I almost said wrestle. That makes no sense. I wrestle. <laughs>
1: Any wrestling actually go on when you guys are writing?
0: No, thankfully. That's that's good. Nat's usually just sitting on a couch.
1: (laughs) So, is there? What are you working on now? Um, And can you tell us about it? Well, yes. I mean, uh,
0: a couple. uh, I guess a couple things. You know, because Nat and I have, uh, you know, our acting schedules or whatever. Nat's currently like working on a Netflix show. So, during this time away um, from each other, I've been working on a pilot by myself, Um, you know, both Nat and I, but, you know, individually and together, you know, it was always sort of the hope that our acting careers and our writing careers could really sync up. Obviously, on the way way back, it does a little bit, but, you know, more your point of view in a script, like, um, and by that, I mean, you as an actor, it's your, your baby. So uh, I started, you know, uh, writing again, write what you know, write from your life. And so I've been working on this sort of a half hour for myself and you know it's it's a little bit just in a vacuum it's 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 more for me to want to like take it out and see if I can get a shot at it you know um so I'm right now just um writing <laughs> I no one can see the face I just made you can
1: I, I can
0: I just exhale and my eyes rolled exactly. and I go oh, I'm starting the bible or as people <laughs> like to call the bible the series bible which I find boring and I know but I know it's needed <laughs>
1: Well, I guess it depends on who's needing it, right? Are you well, ready I guess for, I, you, for well, you or for, the, or for the, a producer? Well, I think, I think
0: well, it's going to need to be for me because I'll make it a positive thing. Mm-hmm. But no, I think, you know, in the world of television now, mm-hmm. obviously the landscape for certain um, uh, cable and streaming is, is to have a, a, a good image of where you're headed, you know, and so yes, I think a series document, how whatever they're going to give the term to it, long or short, is probably necessary because they're saying to you, for the most part, make ten of them.
1: So, so you're thinking of uh, making this serialized then? I mean, yes, oh, okay. yes, so yes,
0: in the sense that uh, it definitely would be for me uh, personally a cable streaming type thing, and and yes, I sort of see an end game, and so I think not necessarily in the first season, but but I, I love this sort of storytelling that we have going with you know. Um, the eight to ten little chapters and build from there, you know. And some of them have a shelf life that ends at a certain point. I think it's nice, you know. So
1: you can kind of look at it as a great big feature, I right? think a lot of With things are
0: features now sure. that are just broken up, I think. Yeah, you know, each one, like limited series. a lot of
1: people write from an eight-sequence eight structure, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So now you've got eight episodes. So, yeah. you know, two per act done
0: yeah done that sounds so simple well we'll probably work on it after we finish Uh,
1: this (laughs) you can
0: we can you can help me but you know i so that's what i'm working on right now and it's pulled from my own life you know Uh, i'm adopted so it's got elements of that and and uh you know i came out you know, there's no wrong, right or wrong way place to come out, but I came out later for some people's context. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just sort of balancing that because there's an interesting sort of identity uh, combination there that I'm playing with. And then, um, yeah, I'm just (laughs) pulling from what I know.
1: Well, I can't wait to see it. I'm like, I'm already a fan. I'm just going, oh my gosh,
0: it's up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I will, I will binge it. Yeah. So let me know.
0: Of course. Okay. Let
1: everybody know. Yeah, yeah. What should Because if
0: it doesn't go it doesn't go anywhere, then this right here is the only people who hear about
1: it. (laughs) Well, there's at least Because there's
0: a So that's at least that's
1: you, me, and twenty other people. Okay, well
0: you, me and twenty other people get ready because maybe I'll just do it at a theater (laughs) as my one man
1: show. (laughs) We're coming. We're coming. So so what would you like people to put eyes on right now if they were gonna, you know, I don't know, go to Netflix or should they, should they see the way, way back? Should they see the descendants? Anything else that you'd like them to check out? How would you like to get some money in your pocket is what I'm asking, Jim. Do you get Mm -hmm. any money? Like if somebody like... Oh, oh, oh! people who, oh, are, who oh, are listening, going to plug something.
0: Oh my God, I I have nothing to plug. I mean, what? go. <laughs> I don't think that you you can see any of those number of things. Go
1: see and yes, uh, yes, uh,
0: yes. Uh, You can go see. I you know the whole all of the whole community. Uh, all six seasons, even the Yahoo season Binge is watch on all Hulu. All
1: six, I believe. Seasons.
0: Yes, it's still on Hulu, and um, you know, obviously, I don't. You have to. Figure out whether what a Netflix probably doesn't have, Descendants or the Way, Way Back right no, now, because they go through cycles. Okay. So All I
1: would say is look up Jim Rash on Google and then just watch everything that he's ever done. Hmm. You'll never leave the house.
0: Well, you'll, you might want.
1: You'll you'll, <laughs> you'll grow a long beard. Yeah. But.
0: Or just leave it plain in case you have pets and you like to have noise while you're away <laughs> and they can listen to my <laughs> melodic voice and um, just uh, lull them into a sense of security while you're gone.
1: You will be entertained if you're watching Jim on screen. You will be you will be moved if you are watching any of his writing. I am so, so pleased that you're here. Thank you so no, much. thanks for, for having me. Ah, this is super cool. Um, I want to remind everybody, too, to go to onthepage.tv to check out the in-person classes, writing marathons here at the studio, the recorded classes, and a bunch of episodes of the podcast that you might not have heard. Also, the Patreon page, where you can support the show to receive goodies. If you check out the calendar on my site, you're going to see links to the first draft class right now. That's what I'm booking up for. And that is, what month is it? Oh.
0: It is March. Oh, you're right. Almost April. So,
1: yes. So, this is April 14th through May 19th. It's Saturdays, 1230 to 330. Also, the one-day TV class, Sunday, May 6th. So, I'd love to see you there. And uh, I just, I got to thank you again, Jim. Of course. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening. Have a good writing week.